0: guys, today we have on Anne-Marie Obraskin, who is a social media ads and analytics consultant. You will find so much value in this episode. I cannot wait for you to hear it. There is one caveat though, which is her little kiddo is sick in the recording. So you might hear um her cry or it might be like fussing a little bit throughout it so try to cut it out as much as possible but for all you moms out there i think you'll understand <laughs> but i want to put that out there so in case you have headphones on it's not going to be crazy but just as a reminder but there's so much value in here i really would recommend you still listen to it because it's just such a good episode so Without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the Clients and Conversions Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Clem, and I've helped fellow entrepreneurs and business owners, just like you, harness the power of social media to grow your audience by the hundreds, 2 2x their launch sales, and have client leads banging down the door to book a call with you. And I'm the first to say that hustling and searching hours online for your next client or student is not the vital ingredient to your success or even your happiness. This podcast is for driven entrepreneurs, from coaches to course creators and everything in between, to access practical and actionable tactics on everything from how to get clients with Instagram advertising, and really unlock the keys from sales and social media to get growth with the simplest tools possible, while keeping it just long enough to get you through your walk, drive, or workout. So stick with us for this episode and the ones to come so you can get more clients and sales in less time. Now let's get into it. Hey guys, today we have on the podcast is Anne-Marie Obraskin, who is a social media ads and analytics consultant who helps online entrepreneurs create a profitable digital strategy without wasting time and money on marketing that doesn't work. Welcome to the podcast, Anne. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am too, and for those who don't know, she is like the Alex Queen. The amount of things that she knows around it is so bananas. So I'm so excited to go into this with her. But before That's so go, kind of you. <laughs> but before we go into any of that, I'd love to go into first about your journey. So I'd love to kind of hear a little bit about kind of how you grew up and what led you going down this path. So growing up, my
1: mom was home with us while also running her business. Mm. So that totally was my initial, like, entry point to, oh, okay, so I want to run my own business. I knew I wanted to have a family one day, um, and I literally could not picture it, like, doing it any other way, which I'm sure a lot of us are like that because we, like, know what we know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so I always had these entrepreneurial ideas growing up. I am an Enneagram 9, so I had a lot of started projects Mm. (laughs) and not all of the completed projects, Um, which really led me into just as I grew up kind of learning more about myself and what my strengths were. Um, I went into college as a music performance major. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Totally different. I was music performance. Then I turned to music industry. Mm-hmm. Graduated college. Worked in the music industry for a few years. Um, and while that was happening, I realized that I loved social media. Mm. Um, I realized that a lot of the music industry is super boring. Yeah. <laughs> and I was not like not. I wasn't su- like I loved the people I worked with. Um, but it was fairly boring now I have my daughter home with me um, and, um so I realized that um it was really boring. I wanted to do something different, which sounds really weird from someone who does analytics because a lot of people think that that's really boring um but from Going into social media, I started as a freelancer, and that was about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. From there, I started recognizing that my clients didn't know what to ask me for to prove my value. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of contracts ended because Mm -hmm. they didn't know if it was working or not. And at the beginning, I didn't know how to explain it to them. Yeah. And so I realized I had to come up with a solution, otherwise, I was going to. I'm sorry for all the noise. It's <laughs> okay. Um, I realized that I was going to have to come up with a solution, or I was going to constantly have to sell. And I hated that. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I started learning about social media analytics. I went into social ads because they were a lot easier to prove true (laughs) the value was a lot easier to show um and so i've been running social ads literally since you could first boost a post on facebook (laughs) so i've watched the (laughs) the whole journey um of how the tools have changed but also how analytics have changed Mm -hmm. and how much we can gather and learn about our audience and learn about what actions are actually proving us value. Um, and so I realized that as I went along, my clients weren't, they, they were still kind of at the same point where I needed to share with them how to see if what I was doing was valuable. Mm-hmm. And almost every relationship I enter into, I still have that initial kind of consultation where i go in and i ask them okay what would make this successful and so frequently i hear i don't know yep (laughs) and so it they people have found it extremely helpful for me to sit down with them and say okay well this is what we can track Mm. and so this is how we're going to prove if it works and if it doesn't work then you stop doing it
0: So yeah. that's how
1: I really started in the analytics consulting side of things because I also realized that people were a little bit skeptical of the provider of a service giving all of the analytics information mm. because analytics, so much of it is subjective, especially if you don't understand what it is. Yeah. Um, so now I work with business owners to help them The story of their analytics so that when they get those reports, they're so much more comfortable reading it and understanding what the numbers mean.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's so huge. And that's something that I notice as well, because obviously you and I both know that I do ads too. And I find it so much more valuable because I asked I ask the same question, like, what would make us a success to you? And either all of them would say it would be, I don't know. More sales or like good ads. (laughs) I was like, wow, that's super helpful. Um, But I found that similar to you, it's where I one of my favorite things to do. Which I, when I was uh, in school, I learned accounting. I hated numbers, like I hated them. But being able to now calculate and say you got this amount of increase through 30 days, or you got this amount of new members, or you got this amount of new leads, and how that's that can correlate when you do a new launch is actually really fun because you can see the transformation is kind of like how, I've never mentioned this before, but it's kind of like a hero's journey where it goes beginning, middle, end. You're actually able to see the progression. It's similar to that, but just in numbers form. So I love that. And I want to go in even deeper too. So obviously for ads, like you said, it's a lot easier to prove because you kind of have the numbers laid out for you. But for those who might, which I know you work with people who are doing more like organic social media or doing more of these things, what do you find that you have to look at numerically? Like how do you find those type of things to actually show that what you're doing is working? So watching
1: trends in the data is a huge part of it. So I will create reports for my clients so I can kind of show the, the correlation between, okay, we did more posts. This is making it very simple, but like, okay, we did more posts on Facebook and you brought in more sales. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's as much as we can track, but being able to watch the trends, we can see, okay, both of these graphs increased the same amount when we did these extra efforts. Yeah. Yeah. But then sometimes it's also just taking advantage of the tools that we have in front of us that so many people are unaware of. So for example, on Facebook, because Facebook has all of our data, Facebook, you can connect your Facebook page with your Facebook pixel and you can actually track people through from your organic Facebook page to conversions on your site,
0: Mm.
1: which would have been such a a blessing back when i was doing that organic social <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's really cool and it it has helped people so much um and it's so smart of facebook to provide it because it helps people really put a number value of what a facebook post can be worth to their business
0: yeah that's huge and i think that's something that even i know this as well where Especially online for posting, because this is something I did actually before this. I recorded a podcast episode around like the tactics that are just not working for 2020 and beyond. And one of them is posting without intention and not doing your research, because this is something that I found for myself, especially like in the last year, is really reverse engineering and seeing. I'll go a little bit to the side of like. Where did a lot of my clients come from? What was the main way that they found me? How can I capitalize more on that? And the same thing can happen with posting with these or with ads, really anything. You have to know what to look for and know really how to track it outside of just, You know, lucky enough that we're in ads or emails where you can see it visually so quickly. So I love that piece, and I'll go into as well because I know it's going to be the biggest question I get: is like analytics seems so overwhelming or so daunting at first. How do you even get started? Where do you? How do you like how? That's (laughs) that's going to be the first question: (laughs) how? (laughs) So
1: my first piece of advice is to take advantage of the free tools that you have. Don't invest in anything off the bat. You just want to use something like Google Analytics, which a lot of people already have installed on their site. They just don't look at it because numbers are scary and numbers are overwhelming. But if you just look at a few key pieces, it can give you enough guidance to get started. Yeah. So you can look at where your traffic is coming from. So along the same lines of what you were saying, Danielle, when you look at where your traffic is coming from, you can know kind of what you don't have to focus on. Mm-hmm. So if you're spending all of this time on Instagram, but you're not making any sales from Instagram, maybe stop wasting your time with Instagram. Like you, you can focus on the platforms that are driving sales and bringing you in new clients. So that would be my first piece of advice is use a free tool and just see where your traffic is actually coming from. Mm-hmm. And I've had a, a few people inside of my course be Totally shocked when they actually looked at their numbers and saw where their traffic was coming from. And they realized, yeah, they were wasting essentially a lot of time and money because your time is valuable on a platform that really was not converting for them. And they just started focusing on Pinterest in this case. They've started focusing more of their effort on Pinterest and they could see the conversions immediately turn around. Yeah. And so I focus on what's working and you can, you can choose basic key performance indicators, basic metrics mm-hmm. to look at and not try to look at everything at once. Cause that's when it becomes overwhelming.
0: I fully agree. And this is something that I noticed in the last probably six months of my, probably even eight months more than that. Previous to that, I found that so many mentors or coaches, whoever it was, never talked about metrics really at all unless you were like over six figures and whatever it might be because you have to to know your numbers. But I find for so many people, even if you're under the six figure mark, you have to know your numbers because it's even more vital to find out where your people are coming from. So I love this piece and also having it be free because like you said, if you invest in a tool that you either don't know or that you pay for and still have no idea, you're going to feel even more overwhelmed. (laughs)
1: exactly exactly and you can you can get enough information to get started and then afterwards maybe you want to invest in in a bigger tool or invest a little bit more time in learning how to use something setting up some reporting something like that
0: yeah I think that's a huge piece and I find for you, with your clients and for your students especially, how do you find for them? How do they allocate the time or the tracking for it? Because I think that's a big thing. Once you identify the key performance for you, which might be clicks or might be you know calls, whatever that is for you, you find that you tell them like check it every week, check it every month. What's your normal kind of like suggestion?
1: I suggest weekly have something automated going to you. Don't You don't have to go into the tool every week, but I really like automated, very simple reports, just so you can keep an eye on it and you'll start to notice trends. Because again, trends are so important um, when you're looking at the big picture for your business. So <clears throat> I have a template that I use for weekly reporting that I have basically six numbers at the top that I look at. And then I have a few trend graphs so that if something starts to get more expensive (laughs) or something starts to become really efficient, I'm going to notice it pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. I think that's amazing. And that's something that, again, I think it's helpful that you and I are in ads or, or even have like part of our business be ads because we have to get really Uh, intentional about our time and about what we're actually helping our clients with or even ourselves with. So I think a lot of this can translate well for those who are even doing organic or who are even, you know, looking online, which is why I find that this might be the cynical part of me, but I've been really focusing more on podcast specifically because I've again found those trends I found referrals are another big one for me for clients but even more so is knowing that you know if I post on Facebook especially on your personal profile whatever it might be although people are seeing it you don't know who and I can tell you this because it's so funny to me I was at actually dinner with friends who I haven't seen probably eight plus months they're old friends of mine and like yeah I see your your post all the time I'm like What? (laughs) Why? And it's because for a lot of them prior to your business, they might have like liked a lot of your stuff and so forth, so still seeing it now. Versus if you go on your Facebook page or if you go somewhere where you can see more of the the correlation, people seeing your posts doesn't always correlate with the right people seeing your posts.
1: Absolutely. And I found that Instagram analytics are super helpful for that. Because you can also, when you're using tools like that and you're using, say, Instagram stories, this is something that I really like to do to kind of gauge, okay, who is looking at my stuff, <laughs> who is interested And who's reading. Um, I'll do polls and then I'll look at, like, then have a very definitive business versus not business mm. question. And so I'll look at all of the no's, like everything that would indicate No, I'm not at all interested in your business. And I just check to see who it is. Because if it's all of the people I would consider my ideal audience, that's not great. (laughs) Like That's not a good thing. (laughs) However, if I'm getting 50% no votes, but they're all my personal friends who I know wouldn't have any interest in purchasing my course or my service or whatever, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. That doesn't hurt me. Um, so I think that's a really good point about making sure that when you're considering these numbers, look at the people that you care about for that specific content.
0: Yes, it's so important because I find that as well, even for emails, which is even more fun to look at honestly because you can see the subscribers who clicked and who who opened it and so forth Mm -hmm. and you can see who are the people who might be your current clients who opened your stuff or your past clients or people who maybe are ideal people and I don't think a lot of us have enough of the I guess forethought to look into those first. Until probably like this, like the end of the year, or until we're kind of scrambling to figure out what to do next. So, to have that consistency in analytics and metrics, I think is so important.
1: Right. And that's another reason why trends are so crucial because when you, if you do only look at them, say, once a year or even once a quarter, you're kind of pretty, you could be pretty far down the line of a trend before you're noticing um, that anything is different. Um, and I, I actually have a specific example about email analytics that literally happened two hours ago on the phone. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a client mm-hmm. and we were talking about how their click rate, um, on their emails is relatively low mm-hmm. and we want to get it higher. And one thing that I brought up to them was consider that you are sending emails to people across the country about events that are local. Yep. So, I mean, not all of their emails, but some of those emails are sent to their entire list. And it's like, it's a reminder for an event this weekend. Mm-hmm. And so I was reminding them, like, we can't take this one number as the ultimate truth.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: we're, we're gonna break it down and we're gonna look at the location of the people who clicked. If we got 50 clicks, and they were all within 20 miles of us. That's great, that's what we want, <laughs> and that's the number that matters. We don't care about all the people in California that didn't click because there's no way that they would attend an event in Boston.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's something that I noticed for now that I moved over. I, w- I had Convert Kit now I'm moving over to Active Campaign, and with Active Campaign, you can actually see you know, where the person lives, not like the actual address guys, but like, you know, (laughs) at least the, at least the city and country in which they're in. And it's so interesting because most other providers either don't provide that or it's extra or you can't find it really at all. So I love that piece. And that's something that I noticed for some of my clients who are doing like retreats that we have to get more creative because the people who are going to show up are going to be probably your hottest, warmest audience, probably even already clients, but even more so is, yes, people are still going to see it, who might not go to it, and that's okay, there's, they might go to the next one, or your next product you sell, like, I think that's a really good piece that you mentioned, and I want to move into even more so into trends, so I know that you work a lot with your clients, and a lot of your students as well in analytics, and Seeing the trends, I know a lot of my audience is either service providers or they're course creators or they're both, (laughs) just depends on the time. But I find, I'd really love to ask you this question and see what trends have you found for these audiences that you have as well as where do you find that a lot of people should be focusing their time? Obviously it can't be the, the greatest, like this is not the end all be all guys. This is just from seeing her own trends. Where do you find that service providers, a lot of their people, are, and then uh, course creator just to give people an idea of what to look for
1: so for course creators well actually for, for both of those audiences what I'm seeing is that Pinterest can drive a lot of traffic mm-hmm. but you need to make sure that traffic is actually converting mm-hmm. so look at your site and make sure you know what the funnel is mm-hmm. what people are actually doing once they get to your site because if you can convert all of that traffic that's amazing. I can, I've seen course creators take full advantage of Pinterest. Mm. I have also seen service providers be getting 90% of their traffic from Pinterest, but then they bounce. Mm. Because there's nothing really for them to do. Um, but also <laughs> what I've it? seen is that you can use this information and change what's you on your site it? more it? easily than injecting more traffic, because one small change on your site can can change your conversion rate, and that changes everything. Um, What I'm also noticing is that uh, Instagram is still not driving a ton of traffic for Mm -hmm. people. Uh, If you can convert people by speaking with them, that's great, and that's valuable. But if you're purely looking at (laughs) analytics and those trends, I don't have the single person who I've run their reports and Instagram is valuable enough for them for the amount of time it takes them. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, guys, just let you know, she's talking about organically ads are a little bit different. So correct. organically Instagram is not the greatest.
1: Yes, correct. That's a really good point because Instagram ads are phenomenal. Are killing it. I love them. They're so <laughs> <It's>, good. <laughs> yes, that is, that's a really good point. So for, for ad trends, Yeah. Instagram ads. I have, I have a client that we turned off all Facebook ads. They're only running Instagram ads because the Instagram story story ads specifically, the Instagram story ads were so cheap and they were converting so well that why am I going to pay six bucks for a lead on Facebook? If I can get one for $1.50 on Instagram
0: stories? Oh, exactly. Like I have one ad that's still running. It's only an Instagram story ad one because I'm lazy and I don't want to do copy um, for myself. <laughs> but it's because it's been converting at like a dollar fifty f- for forever and obviously with the holidays it went up and finally back down again mm-hmm. but I just wanted to say that for those who are listening because don't always think that that's an end-all be-all it can be just a different tactic or strategy you're using so organically it's it's probably not the greatest it's so fun to use probably not converting wise the greatest but if you do an ad with it that's a different story so thank you so much for explaining that for them
1: and and you, you said you're lazy and you didn't want to write copy but keep in mind that again, your time is valuable. Mm -hmm. So the time it takes you to write more copy or create more graphics or that's all an investment as well. So if you did go through and you wrote five versions of copy and created 10 more graphics, that's bumping up that $1.50 lead price.
0: (laughs) That's a big thing I think people don't realize. And that's something that I noticed as well. We're getting a little bit off track, but we'll come back to it in a second. Um, so, something that I think is really cool is people don't realize that for when you hire an ads person, whether it be you, I, whoever it might be is that even though your cost per lead on the ad might be like a fifty, you also have to remember that you're paying that person the amount as well. So you're mm-hmm. technically it's a little bit higher because you are paying for that person. So like you said, the investments are either gonna be time or money and both of those you can actually calculate and actually add into it. So I think that's super, super cool. So talking about Instagram, now I'll let you move on to the other trends that you saw. <laughs>
1: um. So Facebook, <clears throat> for me specifically my facebook page does not drive conversions mm-hmm. so i don't focus on that however i'm still seeing traffic from facebook so here's where it gets a little bit tricky because you start to think like well where are these people coming from mm-hmm. so for me and for a couple of my clients they're seeing similar results where they never post on their facebook page but they still get facebook traffic
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and so we're seeing okay let's track exactly where we're posting links on Facebook. It's groups. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it is. And and where it is, is it's paid groups on Facebook. That's where I'm seeing investments really come back like in multiples. Mm -hmm. The ROI is really great. That's return on investment is really great for posting in paid Facebook groups that you are engaged in. Yeah. You can't just go and pay to join a bunch of groups, throw your link around and expect that that's going to come back for you. But I stopped posting in any, in just about any free group. Yeah. And because posting in free groups was taking up more of my time and I was not seeing the return. So now I only post in the paid communities that I'm part of. And I'm seeing that as a trend across the board that more people are investing in paid groups. So that's where the um, the return is coming back.
0: So good, I have one question about this and then about you two, and then we'll move on to rapid fire round. So with free paid groups, I think, some, or that's not the right word, paid <laughs> Facebook groups is I think I want to ask, because people are going to ask me as well, so do you post similar content in which you would in a free group as you do in the paid group? So for example, like value posts, story post. like what do you, do you shift your strategy when you're in those paid, or how do you usually go about that?
1: That's a really good question, and the answer is yes, primarily because most paid groups will have fairly strict rules, mm-hmm. So, because they're very, the, the people who run them are very protective of the community. Yeah. Um, and I think that when you're going into it, you should feel similarly. Mm. You should want to protect the community too. So, want to be really careful about not spamming anybody, which most groups have that rule. Like, mm-hmm. don't be overly promotional. I am in one paid group where you can only post a promotional post if you are a paid member. But the group mm. itself is technically free to join, mm-hmm. so that's a really interesting setup. Yeah. Um, but what I found is just participating exactly where they allow you to participate,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the people in those threads are so much more engaged. Yeah, like, and I mean, just uh, and just across the board in these paid groups, people are more engaged. So if you post something like a genuine yeah. question you're going to get a lot more answers because people are more likely to check it. True. And, like, I don't think it even really matters how much you're investing. Um, like, I'm in a group that's five bucks a month, and it's one of the more engaged groups I'm in.
0: We're gonna talk about this after the podcast because I don't wanna know about this one. But I I think that's really true because I know for myself, for a lot of the the notifications I get that aren't my own, they are from groups that I or programs that I have been in or that I'm currently in, because like you said, you paid money, so you're trying to pay attention. And for those who are in groups right now, because almost every program outside of like you know, a few of them have a Facebook group, but like you said, I think a lot of people are afraid to post, like, actual posts in there that aren't just, like, questions about the program because they're worried, like, oh, you know, is this okay? Is this, like, spamming because it's not um, X, Y, or Z, so I think that's a really good point that you have to just make sure that you participate in the ways that you can, obviously, answer questions that you can answer, obviously, input, but for posts, that you might post in there, from what I'm hearing, it's more about posting things that either you know are going to be helpful to someone, or that's actually going to kind of unearth the people who might be kind of lurking.
1: Absolutely, Um, and as an example, there one group I'm in, they really encourage you to post those value posts, Mm. and so I've seen it be really helpful for a lot of people who post them because they get really good comments oh, yeah. of people asking follow-up questions. Mm. So for example, I just saw one, it was a, um, a branding photographer. Oh. And so she posted, she said, Hey, I get these questions a lot. Here's three things that you can do to prepare for your branding photo shoot. And it was really great because there had been quite a few questions in the group recently about branding photo shoots. hmm And so it was really timely. She knew that people were going to respond to it. And there was a great conversation in the thread. And I'm sure she got some leads from that because there were at least two or three people who commented saying like, hey, can I, can I contact you? Like, what's your email address?
0: Yeah, that's, that's huge. And like you said, she capitalized on what was already being asked in the group. I think that's where it gets out of nowhere when people post, value posts because they're still valuable but they probably didn't have any correlation with what was being asked already I think that's a huge one because I see this happen a lot where you're friends with someone on Facebook and you're in the same Facebook group and you'll see them post the same post on their personal or business whatever it is and then also in that group as well
1: Mm -hmm. and I will say I know I for one am really tired of those light bulb moment posts (laughs) like the super long stories Mm -hmm. that you see. And I think it is because there are a couple people that I'm friends with and I see them post the exact same thing on their personal profile and then like two or three other groups. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's not, they're not posting it because they saw a need in a specific group.
0: Yeah. So, so it makes it feel spammy. That's a huge key. And I, I want a lot of people to really hear about this for 2020 is that, like you said, Facebook groups can actually be really helpful, but you just have to know where to be kind of to follow the guidelines and really tailor it to that group. So before I forget, because this is a really good question, I'm going to get asked you too. So, obviously, podcasts are the hot new thing that everyone wants, but what do you find on YouTube? Have you seen any trends for clients? Do you have any clients who are on YouTube that are seeing anything? What's your kind of take on it?
1: So, that's, like, the next thing that I'm noticing, is that everybody's joining YouTube now, which I love, because all I can see, all I can see on podcasts, like, it's so hard to track conversions from podcasts. <laughs> so, so for YouTube, it's great because you can track everything um, and it's a search engine. Like, So pay attention to SEO and actually have everything set up and ready to go. Um, I don't think you should do kind of like the minimum viable, just get it published. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. And What I've noticed also is that when people look at the search terms that are working for them on Google, like Google organic search, use those same terms for your YouTube videos Mm. and make that connection. Because not only is that going to help your YouTube searches, because YouTube and Google are the same, Mm -hmm. but it's going to help make that connection between your video and your
0: website. Yeah. That's... So you want people
1: to click through and you want them to feel comfortable when they get there.
0: Last question before we go on to rapid fire. round: with YouTube, have you found that a certain industry works best on there? Like for service providers, is it really good for them, for course creators, or is it kind of just for, for everyone really?
1: I've only looked at the data for service providers. Mm-hmm. I don't have any current course creators clients who are on YouTube, so I can't really speak to that. Um, I expect it could work
0: honestly for anyone as long as they're following the data. Yeah, that's fair, and I think that's a huge piece like you mentioned is with with YouTube, because it's something that I've dabbled and I have, for those who can't see, I have quotes in the air because I think I did like five or six videos that there might have been like one thought of strategy, but nothing really there, and I think that's been something that I noticed, like you said, the investment that you're going to put in there, especially for the editing, for the thumbnail, for the search, like you have to make sure that if you do choose YouTube, that it's going to actually have a good ROI that you have, that there are people on there who probably are doing similar things to you that you can see the correlation. I think what happens is that people look at YouTube as kind of like the, the, uh, I want to say, like, treasure trove, They're like, oh my gosh, people are making money off of it for off of AdSense, which, P.S., it's not that much money. <laughs> but it's really important for those to know that whatever you choose, you have to make sure that there is some data backing it up. And don't just choose blindly, don't just choose because you think it might help. And for those who want to hear even more, Anne's actually doing a whole show on, like, your one really profitable channel that you're choosing for 2020. And fun fact, mine's podcasting. So you're on the great time for this. Uh, So those links will be down below. But before we go into all that kind of good stuff, I want to now move into rapid fire round, which is kind of like the three to five questions that really help people know who you are and know more about you, but are really just like in first thought, first question. So are you ready? Awesome. I'm excited. Let's do this. Cool. Okay. Favorite book you've ever read or currently reading? So, first thing that popped in my head was Tickle a
1: Mockingbird, which oh. I think is probably like my default, because I haven't read it in years, but I loved it growing up. Um, then, Harry Potter. Mm. Like, it's just still forever. Um, and then most recent is, it's been a while since I read a physical book, <laughs> but um, for that reason. Um, and... <laughs> Um, probably You're a Badass at Making Money because that was the first like business money mindset book that I read and it really changed how I looked at things.
0: I think so as well. I think for me, it was You're a Badass was like a number one thing for me. And then uh, I love that you said actual fiction books because that's something that I know that I'm actually craving for 2020 is I have, for those who don't know my room, it's like I have so many business books around me and I've probably read the first chapter of all of them. (laughs) And it's the reason why is because when you work so much in your business, when you get off of it, you don't want to have to worry about reading more things, digesting more information. You need time to process and to integrate. And I think that really happens with fiction books. So I'm actually that's a goal of mine is to start bringing back those. And another goal of mine that I'm setting for 2020 is to actually go visit the Harry Potter studio in in Los Angeles at some point in 2020. be um, amazing. I've never been there before, and I found out we're going on a tangent, but I love it. Um, I apparently was a Ravenclaw for years, and now I'm a Gryffindor. I've took it, like, three other times, and I'm a Gryffindor, so. I am a Hufflepuff.
1: My husband proposed at Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Oh my gosh. They're big fans. He's a Slytherin, though.
0: I (laughs) actually need to have my partner take it, because I told, this is actually a couple days ago, him and I talked about, I'm like, you know, I really want to know what you are. He made a very stupid joke that I'm not going to repeat that was, like, like, the pun on Slytherin, like, you honestly might be, but I want to figure it out, so at some point, we'll figure out what he is, but I just love that piece. Okay, next question is, what is your favorite word or phrase you use daily?
1: Um, don't eat that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very practical (laughs) phrase. Um, that's probably, that's probably what I say more than anything else right now, um, I have two dogs and a two-year-old, so. Also, literally, um, don't eat that to anyone, basically. <laughs> yes, yes, like, don't eat that, spit that out, that's poison. Like, I, <laughs> I love um, that. other than that, like, things that I say to myself are, like, I try to, I try to say to myself, so what? Like, whether it's, whether it's saying it to myself, whether it's sending it to myself like to calm myself down Mm -hmm. like explaining that something is really not that important um or when I'm looking at business stuff like (laughs) analytics if I'm looking at analytics and I'm finding a number and I have to think like okay so what like what does this actually mean when you're Mm -hmm. translating things from numbers into an actual story
0: yeah that's a big one and I think. That's really important. I like to ask that question because it's such a random one, but there sometimes can be intentionality behind it. Like I have friends who have brands that are like their, their word is be bold or whatever, maybe because that's their brand. Mm -hmm. So I just like to see what people's different themes are. Okay, next question is what is something you're not very good at or working to get better at? Completing
1: projects. (laughs) (laughs) Like across the board. I have to really like force myself to finish things. Um, and again, I am an Enneagram 9. That's very on brand for me. <laughs> but like. So I. Um, so I just. I've been really focused on only taking on a few projects at a time um, and really planning everything out. And I've gotten. I will, like, I'll toot my own horn a little bit. This year, I've gotten so much better at actually finishing projects. Um, so I'm just going to continue working on it because I'm still not that good at it, so. <laughs> That's a
0: good one. Then. Okay, last question is, what does success look like to you in your own eyes? Um, being able to choose when I'm
1: working um, and not stressing out so there's a money, there's a financial component to Mm -hmm. it. Success definitely looks like not stressing out about paying my bills. Um, because I've certainly been at points in my life when I'm stressing out about being able to pay my bills. Um, and then being able to choose when I work, um, that's just important to me just as a person. Um, and I know I just do better work like when I'm inspired to work and I know that's such like a cliche answer but um I think that's probably the two things that if I think about like my ideal self I hope that if I had (laughs) if I had those two things all the time I hope that I would feel successful
0: yeah, that's fair. Okay, last question, and then we are good to go, is now we've talked a lot about your journey, kind of how you help people with analytics and all the kind of good stuff in between. What are some current things people can look out for or that you can really find you to get a little bit of more in in their life and more analytics help?
1: I love that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I have a course that I launched last month um, called Data Makes Money and it walks you through creating a profile of your audience because this all goes back to what we were talking about before you're making sure you're speaking to the right people you're figuring out what people are doing before they become customers and then how they become customers um, so if that's i have that course i have a free training on choosing your one profitable uh, marketing channel. Mm-hmm. And then I have this interview series that Danielle is going to be on. Um, that's all about what people are going into 2020 um, all in on. Mm. So they've chosen this this marketing channel um, and they're dedicating their time in 2020 to it. And I have learned so much in speaking to people about this. And I'm learning about platforms I didn't even know about. So it's been so much fun. I'm really excited for people to see the videos and hopefully learn from them.
0: Yeah, I think that's amazing. And for those who are wanting more of that, all the links will be down in the show notes below so that you guys can have it, choose whatever you want to do and really find more about this because as 2020 goes on, we really have to make sure that we're intentional with each strategy, with each post and analytics can really help you find that out. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and it's so amazing to have you on here. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Thank you. And for everyone else, I'll talk to you guys on the next episode and see you later. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode i am so excited that you were able to go through it and get some actionable tips out of it for next steps make sure you go to danielleclem.com ad breakdown to get the complete ad breakdown around what one insta ad did to help create 559 client leads and 20 sales increase and in launch make sure to go ahead there to do that and DM me at I'm Clem to go in deeper to the conversation. And last but not least, make sure to leave a rating and review so that this podcast can get out to more amazing people like yourself.